You're listening to the Empty Stringers Podcast, where every week we talk about locating, catching, and the conservation of redfish. My hope is to share with you what I'm seeing from the polling platform so that together we can catch more fish. Think of it as your weekly fishing report. Welcome back to the podcast, folks. I'm your host, Matt Parrish. I just got home. I've had a crazy week. I left on Sunday morning at 3 a.m. My business partner and best friend, Justin, picked me up from my house and we towed a very heavy trailer to Angel Fire, New Mexico. Took us 17 hours to get there. Trailer was so heavy, we stopped for diesel seven times on the way there. And one of those times, uh, I was going in the restroom to take a leak. And I just, I guess I was just kind of in a daze. And I wandered to where the restroom sign was. And I went in, I'm looking for the urinals. And I'm like, oh, they must be around the other side. I'll just pee in this stall, right? So I peed in this stall. And uh, there was someone uh, in the stall next to me and I thought that looks like looks like that dude's wearing some women's shoes that's weird get done taking a leak walk out of the stall go to wash my hands there is a lady standing at the bathroom sink and that's when it hit me I am in the ladies room (laughs) so I said uh am I in the women's bathroom And she looked at me and she goes, yes, you are. And I said, I am so sorry. And I walked out feeling ridiculous, but I peed in the woman's restroom. That's the first time I've ever done that. I've been inside a woman's restroom, uh, but I've never taken a leak inside one. So that's, uh, that's not entirely correct. When I was working construction in the electrical industry and we would do remodels, I'd pee in the woman's restroom all the time because no, they weren't open to the public. But um, that was the first time I I did that in one that was open to the public. It was an accident. Um, and so we carried on. The reason we were going to Angel Fire in New Mexico is because uh, he bought a rental uh, in the mountains near the ski resort up there. And we were towing a bunch of stuff up there uh, to help... Uh, stock the the place and and get it ready and just kind of get some of uh their stuff up there and so we got it all squared away got uh his little jeep that he has up there and parked the truck and drove the jeep all around there was snow everywhere there were two big uh mule deer bucks in his backyard uh each morning big nice bucks there was a uh, there were uh, there was a doe and a spike bedded down like two feet off the side of the road in the neighborhood. It was just one of those kind of places. And uh, once we were done getting everything situated, we were trying to squeeze away and go to the mountain and get some time on the slopes. Now I have never skied or snowboarded, but my buddy Justin is a very good snowboarder um skateboarder all that stuff he's very good at that stuff 
did it when he was a lot younger and it's like riding a bike, I guess. So he had all the gear. He had the snowboards and the, and the boots and the helmets and all that. Right. So we go to the, uh, to the mountain and find out that it closes at four. Well, we show up at like three o'clock. So we've only got an hour left and we're hobbling our way up there. Meanwhile, I've never ridden a snowboard before. I've never even clipped my, my boots into a snowboard. I don't know anything. And so like a little kid, uh, I'm standing there trying to get strapped into the snowboard. Justin's down like clipping my boots in like I'm a toddler and he's tying my shoes. And uh, then once I'm clipped in, he just clips one foot in and you have to walk over to the lift. Well, wa- I don't know if I'd say walk. It's like a, it's like a, walking with one really long shoe is basically what it was like. I hobble over to the lift and the chairlift. This is my first experience with any of that stuff. That chairlift doesn't stop. It keeps coming. And I'm so like a like a newborn Bambi uh, that hadn't found his legs yet with this snowboard. I'm like, I'm going to wander out in front of this snowboard, and, I mean, in front of this chairlift, and it's just going to truck me. It's just going just gonna to run me over. So I had a lot of like, man, this is a bad idea. I wish I hadn't done this. But Justin kind of guides me, get in there, get in front of the lift. The lady can sense my fear and I can tell that after watching me hobble over to the lift that she's also afraid for me. And so she coaches me and she kind of slows the lift just a hair, just long enough for me to plop my rear end in it. And then off we go. Well, getting off the lift, we're about, you know, 50 yards from where the get off point is. And Justin says, you're going to uh, just step off and kind of ride the snowboard out of the way so that you you get out of the way of the lift. I'm like, I I don't know that I'm riding the snowboard anywhere. I I don't feel comfortable, especially not coming off this lift. So I uh you got no choice but to come off the lift though. So I slide off the lift and immediately board starts turning sideways on me and I face plant. But I face planted just out of reach of the lift so they didn't have to stop it or anything. So that was good. And then on the way down the mountain, I'd kind of gotten the grip of it, but I committed that cardinal sin where you, you go too heavy on the toe side and turn the board too straight, and it front of my board caught the edge of the snow, or the right side of my board caught the edge of the snow, and catapulted me face first into the snow. And I landed with my arm my left arm under me and was convinced I had broken my rib. Stood up, took a deep breath, clunked it, it, something inside there clunked back into place. So I think it was just dislocated. Uh, And then made my way down the mountain and we had time to go up it one more time and come back down, but I was in a lot of pain. So I was kind of afraid to do anything. So that second trip down the mountain was brutal it was rough, but I made it. I snowboarded. I've got bruises. My my left butt cheek looks like an overripe plum right now because of the beating it took on the way down, especially that second time. So 
I x-rayed, got the uh, got the rib x-rayed today. It is not broken. Uh, but I have some, I guess, the intercostal muscles right there were torn. Uh, I think I dislocated it and it popped back in whenever I stood up and took a deep breath. So I am in a lot of pain. But uh, I couldn't let that stop me. I went to the Baytown house today and dug fence posts for the fence that I'm building. That place is coming along nicely. And uh, planning on getting out on the water tomorrow. My twins are here tonight. Tonight is Wednesday night as usual. And they are doing a college visit with my wife, uh, the domestic coordinator, Sarah. is taking them to Aggieland tomorrow because she is an Aggie. And uh, this will be the bow, uh, like the cherry on top of all of the years of indoctrination that she has uh, visited upon them. So if everything goes well tomorrow, they will just commit their lives to A&M and uh, we'll start figuring out how we're going to pay for that. So that's what's going on in my in my life. Uh, let's talk about fishing. There's something that I have noticed and that I want you guys to take note of. You have, uh, I don't know if you're like me and you follow a lot of fishing people or you follow a lot of guides. Uh, I follow both. I follow a lot of guides and I follow a lot of uh, just normal um, fishermen. And there's something that happens around mid-January and it's going to happen all the way through the end of February. And you can kind of pay attention to this particular thing on social media and it'll actually help you catch fish. The trout guys. The guys that are always catching trout, and that's generally all they hunt for, especially the guides. I know there's several guides in my area that they are specifically looking for trout, and they're happy to catch other things too, but that's what they're going for is trout. And we're starting to see those trout fishermen hammer the redfish and the reason they're hammering redfish is because redfish are doing trout things this time of year if you go way back shallow in the marshes which you you haven't been able to do in the past week because the water's been too low but today we got an east southeast wind and it blew that water up i looked at it just a second ago as 1.68 over mlw so we got plenty of water uh, over the next day or two until we get a northwest wind to blow it back out. But even when that water gets high in the back of those marshes, I'm talking about if you're going to go distance yourself from deep water altogether, you're not going to fish a lake off of a deep bayou. You're going to go through that lake and way into the back. You're going to find two things. You're going to find a bunch of snot grass because February is the time of the snot grass. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go throw your your non-weedless lure out. And if, oh, even if it's weedless, really, pull it back and have that gross, brown, uh, slimy, mossy grass all over it. That's snot grass. That's my term for it. I don't know what it's technically called. 
but snotgrass is everywhere in those back marshes right now. I don't know what makes it come alive, but it's everywhere. It's going to be here probably through the first week or two of March as well. But uh, you're going to find snotgrass back there, and you're not going to find any fish. It's going to be a ghost town. Now, you can still fish shallow water for redfish this time of year, especially with the conditions we have right now. We have around 60 degree water temp. We have um, relatively, in a general sense, low water levels. Uh, You can still hunt the shallows and find redfish, but you're going to want to do that on days where the visibility is really good. Full sun, low wind, that kind of thing. Because those fish in the shallows are not feeding very aggressively. Uh, You won't even know they're there unless you see them and you got to put a really good cast on them because a lot of them are spooky. So yes, you can still find some redfish shallow. They're not going to be in the huge numbers, not in Galveston, that that you will find them in, in the spring and in the fall, but there are still redfish shallow. But if you want to catch the aggressive feeding fish, they are acting like trout right now. They are in the deeper channel cuts in six to eight feet of water and fish it. Uh, We've had success this past week, uh, me and Chris fishing that uh, type of area in a major or a minor. Almost 90% of the bites that uh, I'm getting now are in the major and the minor. It's been that serious. And so... Problem is, if you fish that little runoff bayou that's, uh, you know, got some tide flow, you're going to catch fish, but they're going to be smaller fish. Now, your trout may be, you know, 18, 20 inches, but your redfish may also be 18, 20 inches. They're going to normally be a little on the lower side. If you want to catch bigger redfish, stick to that same depth and then go out and find uh, more open structure. Look at where all of the guys have been wade fishing near spool bank drop-offs, near uh, mid-bay reefs. Look at those areas. Associate your, you know, three to eight feet. And it varies based on current water level, wind, all that stuff. But And you want to you consistently catch redfish and it not be a complete grind. That's the game right now. I don't like that game. I do it. Uh, I do it sometimes. I love the shallow water game. And so I'm always going to default to that. But then if we're not catching any fish or we're not seeing a lot of fish, uh, if you stay in shallow water and you're near a major and minor on the, on the, the time, you can catch the, the redfish shallow, but they're going to be close to deep water and associated with structure. And so that's the game plan, really. Act like a trout fisherman for the next month to month and a half, and then it's all going to be over and we can go back to doing our normal shallow water thing. Uh, having said that again, like I'm I'm looking for that window with full sun and low wind and I'm going to go patrol the shallows and I may only find 10 to 15 fish where on a normal trip with those conditions, we would see 50 to 100 fish, but I would rather 
throw a fly at those 15 fish than I would, uh, you know, throw a paddle tail in eight foot of water and blind cast. But hey, catching a fish is catching a fish this time of year. It's tough. So um, that's really the game. Uh, if I were going to fish that deeper structure, I would be throwing something that like I'm not going to be as much of a stickler on the small bait. I may throw something a little bit larger. I may throw something that makes a little bit of noise. Those are all good things when you're fishing a little deeper water. So the one thing I would not be throwing is a popping cork because I just don't throw a popping cork. I hate them. I hate them. So that's the game. Uh, I would I would tell you that don't get used to this this warm up. Uh, winter's not over. From all accounts that I hear and read, we've got another cold snap coming around uh, the uh, fishing show on February 14th, which according to uh, the GOAT, Scott Knoll, uh, that's when the last cold front, the last real big cold front comes through every year is around the fishing show. So uh, he's going to be right again this year because we do have a, uh, we do have a cold front. Uh, headed our way so it's gonna i don't know how bad it's gonna be i'm not a weatherman but conditions are gonna get colder and the that grind of the winter is gonna set back in and we're just gonna have to deal with it but once that one is over everything after that should be mild in nature until we hit a full-blown spring pattern toward the middle of uh march so that's the game. That's what to look for. I'm going to be out this week uh, doing that exact thing, kind of patrolling the shallows, hoping to get lucky, and then probably dumping off into some deep water and bouncing around and trying to find the redfish stacked up somewhere. So I will let you guys know how that plan works out uh, in next week's episode. And let's get to the Bible tidbit. We are going to talk about King Solomon. King Solomon was the son of David and Bathsheba. And if you know that story, uh, if you don't know that story, maybe that's a good one for next week's episode. I will try to remember that. But uh, basically, there's some scandal involved there. David, David and Bathsheba's first child dies, and their second child is Solomon. Solomon is well known as the wisest, richest king uh, in the Bible and in all of the uh, of the Hebrew uh, historical accounts. I would I would guess, and he wrote several books of the Bible. He wrote um, Song of Solomon. He wrote, uh, which is also known Song of Songs. Sometimes you'll see that um, he wrote Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. And beyond that, I'm not sure if there was any other any other book that he wrote. Uh, but those are the ones in the canon of Scripture that we look to that we are uh, fairly sure that he wrote. There's maybe uh, I think I think one of those is up in the air. I'm not sure. Anyway, I digress. Ecclesiastes is what we're going to look at right now. Uh, I want this. This is going to sound like a sad thing, um, but it's not. So bear with me. I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you. It's going to be a little bit long, but I think it is worth the reading. Okay, 
Here we go. It's King Solomon. He said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools and from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended doing it, and behold, all was vanity, a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Uh, That is the richest, wisest man in all of Scripture telling you, the reader, that he has tried everything. He had the resources to indulge in any kind of pleasure he chose to. He listed out a lot of things in that passage that was like, look, I've got the money I've got the ability to enjoy myself in any capacity I choose. I've got people and and resources at my disposal to accomplish anything I want to accomplish. There's no one that has ever been like me and probably will never be like me. And he says, I got done doing all of those things and it was meaningless. Vanity is the word that he uses. And so you can say, that sounds pretty depressing because he tried all that and felt fulfilled by none of it. And if you read the book in its entirety, and then also if you take the book of Ecclesiastes and you fit it into the meta-narrative of Scripture in its totality, you come to understand that anything done outside of the realm of pleasing God and walking in His ways will leave you feeling empty. If you're going to go fish, fish as if you are fishing for the Lord. Honor the resource. Honor your time on the water. Thank Him for the time and for the beauty that you're able to experience while you're out there. If you have 
a large income at your disposal, use it for the advancement of the kingdom, the advancement of the gospel, the honoring of God. That is the only way to be fulfilled. Anything that you do outside of that framework is going to leave you feeling empty. And so, if you are feeling empty or if you're feeling like you're you're punching this clock at this dead-end job or you've been doing the same thing for years and you feel like it's Groundhog's Day and you're just in despair over it, you feel discouraged, I just want to encourage you and say, when you get home from work and your wife and kids are there, your time with them can be intentional and it can honor the Lord. And you can do, you can spend that time in a way that brings glory to God and fulfills you. You can show up at your job and work as, as if you're working unto the Lord. And there are scriptures about that. Do everything that you do with a mind that you want to honor the Lord and grow and draw closer to him. And you will find your, your life is uh, fulfilling and meaningful. And if you don't, have a faith in Christ, I would imagine that there is a bit of a meaningless feeling to uh, to the everyday routine for you. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, God, you know, God calls us to himself. He loves us. He blesses us. And he gives us an intention, an intention to live, uh, to live in. And so I would just say, uh, reframe the simple things, the mundane things uh, out of, you know, this begrudging attitude and into, you know, what does God have for me today? What good work is God going to lay out before me today that I can accomplish for him? And uh, you can be sure that along with that, it's probably going to come some suffering, but in that suffering, you find meaning and purpose as well. So I'm just encouraging you to, uh, to read your Bible. And if you have a question about what you're reading, I am not a theological expert, but I, I know uh, enough to get you pointed in the right direction. I am a bit of a Bible nerd. And if I don't know the answer, I have lots of friends that are way smarter than me that are in ministry full-time and have had proper collegiate education on the matter. And uh, we can get you an answer to those questions. Um, so, so that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you get out and catch some fish. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. If you don't mind leaving a review on whatever platform it is that you choose to listen to this uh, on, that would be great. It really helps us grow as a network and uh, the Empty Stringers podcast as a show. And uh, I'm going to be at the fishing show on the 14th. Come by and say hi. I'll be at the Sabine booth uh, for some of the time, and I'll probably bounce around and go to the Caden booth for a little bit. And they've got cool stuff breaking at the Caden booth. Uh, I think that you're going to be able to get some of Kevin's outside custom painted baits at the fishing show at the Fish Sticks booth. And uh, it's going to be all around great time. So if you want to take a ride in that Sabine, give me an email. Uh, let's make it happen empty stringers at gmail.com i am on instagram at empty underscore stringers and the facebooks and tiktoks and all that stuff 
you can figure all that out. Uh, if you need financial services, my wife is a holistic financial planner. She does all things financial health for you and your family, whether it's life insurance, a 401k rollover, IRA, managed money, mutual funds, whatever the case may be, she does it. Uh, I think she's very good at it too. So uh, that is not a paid endorsement. I just think she's great at what she does. And she tells me what to do with all my money. So there you have it. If you want to reach out to her, uh, her work email just changed. And so I'm not going to give it to you in fear that I mess it up. Just email me. I'll connect the dots uh, and make it happen on, on my end. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.